Thank you so much. We're just talking about uh, that amazing Kentucky Derby. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, My not- understanding is the uh, horse uh, ate rough greens. Really? Yeah, that's how it happened. And they mm-hmm. put the bowl and said after the race, yeah. and he was just mm-hmm. running for the bowl. Yeah, that's that's the that's, rumor. I, I haven't confirmed that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, don't look into it too deeply. <laughs> no, I would never. When it agrees <laughs> with something that I like, I would never look into it more deeply. <laughs> so rough greens. When you're feeding your dog kibble food, it's dead food, been sterilized, uh, has to be sterilized so it can sit on a store shelf. I'm not kidding, for two or two and a half years. Um, that's the rule. So it doesn't contain anything that your dog really needs uh, to live his best life. That's where Rough Greens comes in. Not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on the food. And it is filled with vitamins and minerals and probiotics and antioxidants. The things your dog, in fact, you need to live healthier. Most of the time, dogs absolutely love it. It's like dog crack. But they want to make sure that uh, your dog loves Rough Greens as much as our dogs do. All you pay for for the first bag is shipping at Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. RoughGreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. RoughGreens.com slash Beck. Do it now. big missile parades if you were my age you saw from the soviet union growing up well victory day was commemorated yesterday with a big military parade and putin gave a speech about uh ukraine didn't declare war but also didn't declare victory what are we headed for i thought i would ask a a friend of the program jack barsky he's a former soviet spy uh, he is the author of Deep Undercover. He's also the guy that the Americans used as a consultant on that to get the story right. He also has a podcast documentary called The Agent. If anybody knows how to read the tea leaves, Jack may be one of the few. We talk to him in 60 seconds. Mary wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, Dear Relief Factor, I'm so happy. I've been on the product for five days now, and I can't believe the difference it's already made in my life. Before I started taking it, I could hardly get up the stairs. Now I can go up and down without any pain whatsoever, and it is amazing. I want to order the 90-pack. I never want to run out of this wonderful, wonderful stuff. Thank you, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is not a drug. It was developed by doctors and has four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. The three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95, and it's a trial pack. 
Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered it and tried it, and about 70% of them go on to do exactly what Mary just did. It's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, 1-800-4-RELIEF, the number for relief, or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. This is from the uh, audio podcast, The Agent. The year was 1988, and Jack Barsky had been in the United States for over 10 years. Like anyone living in the hustle and bustle of New York City, the sight of the skyline, peppered with so many tall buildings, never got old. He had made this city a home, a home he knew better than most native New Yorkers, having explored nearly every street by foot or by bicycle. He loved his job as a software developer at MetLife. He adored his co-workers, and he finally felt like he was fitting in. He was meant to be here. He lived in a modest apartment with his wife and young daughter, and they considered looking for a bigger place now that there were three in the family. Even though his days were long and his commute to and from Manhattan made it even longer, he rushed back home every night to see his little princess one last time before she went to bed. Jack Barsky was living the American dream. But this dream was about to take a sudden and unexpected turn. Town has taken refuge there. The news watch never stops. It's 42 degrees in clear in New York, going down to 29 degrees in Midtown. I would probably wake up typically about... Uh Seven, uh, have a bowl of cereal and get on my way. I lived in Queens. I had about a 12-minute walk to the subway. This was in December. It was still dark at that time. I'm not a morning person, so I'm just like walking, sort of in a daze. I went along a path that I had communicated to the center. They needed to know this because there was a spot on that path where they were able to put signals. So every morning when I get to a supporting post for the elevated A train, I would just take a look and nothing ever was there. But on this cold December morning, Jack noticed something different as he approached the subway station. This is really odd. I get a little closer and there was this red dot, the fist-sized red dot. That screamed at me. What it was saying is danger. Get out of here. Immediately. Don't go back home. Don't go to work. Retrieve your reserve documents. I had a, a set of uh, Canadian documents that I had uh, hidden in, in a park someplace. And make a beeline to the Canadian border where eventually uh, you get further instructions and that's how we get you out of here. That's all I knew. Danger, do this. This was part of the plan. Jack had received a signal, a code red. The red dot was a signal from the center, the home of KGB headquarters back in Moscow, and was part of an elaborate system of graphic signals used for communication. In the 10 years he had spent in America, Jack had regular secret communication with other Russian agents, agents he never actually met in person. But until today, Jack had never received the danger signal. This is uh, from the podcast, The Agent, and Jack Barsky is with us now. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm good. 
Good morning, and thank you. I feel honored to be uh, called call a friend of uh, your the Glenn Beck program. Oh. Can I can I have that in writing? I'll say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> It'll probably get you in more trouble with the FBI and others. I think at this point, Jack. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. You're a, you're an amazing man who lives an amazing life. And had we talked in the '80s, I wouldn't have said that. Um, but you have turned into a great friend of the United States. Uh, and, um, and I think what, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal anything that is in the, uh, the agent. Um, I just wanted to talk to you, Jack, because uh, something is happening here with this Ukraine situation. And I feel like everybody's pushing for war. And uh, I'm 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 not so excited about that because uh, this seems like this could quickly uh, become a, a nightmare of uh, world war proportions. Uh, you you are so right, and uh, I and you know we we had to we have to expect that Russia makes a lot of noise. You know this is what what Putin does, and you know they threaten. But what's happening in the United States and in other Western countries, we have a bunch of armchair warriors who are playing politics uh, with a situation that could easily uh, be uh, be accelerated in, into what you just called a World War Three. Uh, the first time I cringed when uh, when uh, our president called uh, Putin a war criminal. Did that move the needle one way or the other? I said, just shut up. Don't talk, act, because that, you know, that going back and forth can, could easily, you know, Putin just might get triggered by that. He is, he is, he is not uh, very amenable to being criticized. And that's, uh, uh, that's a fact. It's a proven historic fact. Um, Jack, tell me, because I've gone back and forth in my head, other than them being incredibly different people, um, Ronald Reagan called Russia a, uh, you know, an evil empire and called for the destruction of it. And I know reading history that the Kremlin, uh, I think it was um, uh, and drop off really was quite a paranoid guy and thought for sure that that uh, the United States under Reagan would, you know, launch missiles in a first strike. What's the difference between then and now? Well, first of all, uh, and you, you're right about Andropov and, and his paranoia. He, he thought, and and I I was aware of that. Uh, he, uh, he he started an opera called the Operation Ryan, where every everybody, uh, every KGB agent who operated in the West had to look out for signs of war. Uh, but there was <laughs> in those days, there, the Soviet Union was already weakened. Uh, to, uh, and uh, and there was more fear than you know active aggression. Mm. The, the Soviet rulers did not want to go to war, and I, th- I think uh, Vladimir Putin, Putin is 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 very aggressive, and he's he's and he's maneuvered himself into this p- uh, position. He can't. He's on a one way street with, with no side street to to, to duck get off. into. Yeah, um, and the do you think he's in his speech that he gave, where he talked about a new Russia being born, uh, was that misinformation or or is this uh, do you think he really believes that? 
Oh no, uh, he has uh, not made made a secret of that. You know, he right. he uh, a couple of years ago, I think he wrote an essay, a lengthy essay, uh, about what he wants to do, and he wants to restore Russia's greatness, not the Soviet Union, mind no, mind you, Russia's greatness. And you know, he this is this is his his life. Okay, this is him. He is Russia. And uh, and he has, you know, he's he's convinced himself that uh, some greater power. I think he pretends to be a believer now. I think he does pretend to be a believer. I don't know if he does believe in God, but uh, he thinks uh, he's been appointed to do just that. That's a little frightening. Um, so, <laughs> so what what are we doing that we? I mean, we came out for the first time, Jack, that I know of and confirmed that we sunk the Russian flagship in the Black Sea um, and that we confirmed that we are giving them uh, all kinds of targeting information to target their generals. We are just beating our chest in a very terrifying way. Well, I don't know who we is. There's some some leaker, right? And, yeah. And then then the media uh, printed it. Uh, the uh, the Pentagon and uh, and uh, Biden have denied that. Now we do we do admit that we provide intelligence, uh, uh, but you know to say that we contributed to the destruction, uh, make make this uh, statement uh, that we have proof. Uh, that's an exaggeration. My God, this country is uh, is populated by leakers, and everywhere everywhere you go, where, the, where you're supposed to keep things secret, it leaks out. Mm. <laughs> so, what do you see happening here, Jack? As you're sitting watching all of this stuff unfold, somebody who grew up under that system, you probably know geopolitics, at least um, from a historic sense, probably better than okay. most. So you, you understand uh, what's going on here. You you need to uh, put yourself into the shoes of uh, Vladimir Putin, his leadership, and the Russian people in general. And uh, uh, Putin looks at this conflict as a conflict between himself and the West, not just Ukraine. He uh, he isn't just saying it; he he believes it. Because this this kind of thinking is is rooted in in, in Russian history. Uh, they, the the Russian people and the and the Russian leaders have always been paranoid for a good reason. Ever since uh, uh, the, uh, the Russia was founded, it has it has been attacked from all sides, from the north, east, west, south. Uh, it was the Mongols. It, it was the Turks. Uh, it was the the Vikings. It was Napoleon, and it was Hitler. So uh, there's a there's a there's a paranoia uh, gene in in the Russian DNA, and and Putin believes that that uh, you know the, the West is coming after him. And this only gets worse uh, as we shut down all of the financing and pull all of our people uh, out. And when I say our people, pull all of our. <clears throat> all of our financial systems and any of our businesses out of Russia that has to speak volumes. It does, but I don't think it is as powerful as, uh, as Americans uh, like to believe because Putin, he, he, we know that he's not stupid. He expected that 
And, and when you look at what, what's happening right now, the ruble has stabilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin still is, uh, is uh, he, 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 I think in the last two months, he got more oil and gas revenue than in the five months before. Uh, the you know and and he has allies. I mean, right now China is ally, allied with him, and and uh, India is uh, at best neutral. Right. So so he is not. You know the this is this is like uh, uh, his his economy is uh, is like a set of gears that will have some to deal with some sand. But I don't think we can bring him down to his knees. All right, back uh, in just a second uh, with the agent. He is a former Soviet spy from the United States. He was deep undercover. He was born in uh, East Germany, came over here to spy for the Russians. Uh, Fascinating guy. We'll continue our conversation with Jack Barsky here in just a second. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. First, let me tell you about uh, American Financing, America's home for home loans. Um, I really, truly believe that you can benefit for from a 10-minute phone call, just a quick mortgage review. It's free, no obligation conversation about your current loan, uh, and maybe about your debts and your high-interest credit cards to see if one of their salary-based mortgage consultants can help you. Let them run the numbers for you. See if maybe they can save you $1,000 a month. Um, if they can, you'll be moving forward with a new custom loan that saves you a lot of money every single month. And if they can't save you any money, they're just going to let you know. It's what works best for you, for your goals. Family ba- uh, family-owned business that is still family-focused. They never charge you any upfront or hidden fees, just the facts. Call them now. It's AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Jack, do you feel we are close to war? Well, you're obviously closer to war than we were right. just a few months ago, right? Uh, are we close to nuclear war? Um, <laughs> you know, it's part, partially wishful thinking, but partially also uh, there's, some, there's some reality behind that. Uh, my, my believing that we're not that close. I mean, Good. Putin in his speech in his speech uh, did not threaten nuclear, uh, you know, the, uh, exploding some some nuclear missiles. He he was it was like status quo. Let's go mm-hmm. keep on going, you mm-hmm. know. And I believe this uh, this conflict is going to drag on for a long time. Well, and it's better and than the alternative. You bet, but. Uh, there's a there's a secondary war here, and the, the secondary war is economic, all right. Uh, because you know, Western Europe is is I think in great danger. We as the United States economically are not as much in danger because we we have all the natural resources. Western Europe, if they can, there's they're so dependent on, on with regard to their energy uh, that uh, they if that war drags out uh, for a long time, they will be severely weakened. 
well, we're not doing anything with our energy. And I, I tell you, Jack, oh, yeah. I, I look at this and I think if I were a you know former Soviet spy and still could think like the other side, uh, I'd be thrilled with what America was doing right now. We, we are dismantling ourselves. You know, we yes. have gas prices going through the roof. We haven't even hit the summer. Uh, you know, we could be at five dollars a gallon uh, for the summer and maybe seven or eight dollars for trucks, which will just cripple the nation. I just want to make one statement, uh, which is not necessarily political, because, you know, there's one thing about, you know, talking about the ideology that uh, uh, runs rampant in, 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 in the Democrat Party. But we are currently led by a bunch of people who don't know to, how to get things done. They don't know how to execute. And, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And, this, this, and you know, this, you know that the, uh, um, uh, the energy policy is driven by ideology, and that's global warming. Mm-hmm. It's almost okay. a religion. Oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. With uh, Greta uh, being the patron saint. You know, you lived in East Germany. How old were you when you left East Germany? Uh, when I left East Germany, I was 26 because I uh, went uh, first to Moscow to uh, improve my English. And, and when I left, Ma- when I came to the United States, I was 29. So you're 29 years old. You were recruited by the KGB. You were mm-hmm. you were trained um, in all of these things. And you being from East Germany, I would assume you know, you were very well aware of the spying that they did and the uh, manipulation of, of people that they did. Did you notice that? Did you know that when you joined the KGB that they were? Or were no. is this patriotic kind of our side versus their side? I, I was not, 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 I was a patriot, but I also was a revolutionary. I was uh, going mm. to contribute to, uh, you know, build the, paradise the workers paradise on earth and and i was ideologically 100 percent behind uh the soviet union east germany kgb the stasi uh simply because of ignorance you know okay. uh this, this this is what happens in a in a in a state where uh, where all communication is is regulated and it's owned by the state so, uh, we ne- we never got the truth so that's where i want to pick up our conversation we'll come back take a quick break i want to pick it up there uh what are the things that you saw in west uh, east germany and russia that you realized were bad that are seemingly starting up here or am i mistaken our conversation uh with uh, jack barsky continues in just a minute the glenn back program some causes are not conservative or liberal they're just american causes and we should be contributing when we can there's a great cause a great charity tunneled towers it's a foundation uh and charity navigator rates them four out of four Since 9-11, Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift their financial burden and bring their family to stability. 
They also enables severely injured heroes to live more independent lives with free smart homes. And Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers, is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. These are our heroes. These are the people that we should, as community members, be helping ourselves. Join Tunnel to Towers on their mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two T, dot org. Tunnel to Towers. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. A guy I find absolutely fascinating is Jack Barsky. He is a former Soviet spy that was arrested by the FBI, I think, in around 1990-something. Um, Jack, what year was it? The FBI stopped you. Uh, um, I, I was not arrested, by the way. I was detained. Detained. <laughs> okay. okay. There's, there's a big difference. Yeah, all right. There is. There is. Uh, 1997. 97, okay. Um, and he is, uh, his story is the audio documentary and podcast, The Agent, which if you haven't listened to is great, just fantastic. Listen to it. So, Jack, you, you were born in East Germany, recruited by the KG, KGB. Um, you uh, assumed the identity of a U.S.-born citizen. Uh, you spied here in the United States for 10 years on corporate uh, America. Um, then you became a trusted source for the FBI. Um, you started to um, the, the Soviet story, if you will, the things that drove you as a as uh, somebody who was willing to go in and possibly lose their life for their country started to fall apart when. Uh, it started crumbling when I uh, entered the workforce as a professional. Okay, so because then I became sort of a functioning member of American society. And all the, uh, uh, the things that we were taught, how evil American corporations are and, and how workers are being suppressed, turned out to be just damn lies. Uh, so, so, but that, that didn't necessarily make me <clears throat> an anti-communist right away. Right. Uh, you know, the, many other things had to happen. And what, what really, uh, what really triggered me finally doing some, uh, investigation as to whether I, I was, I, I knew the truth or not was when the Berlin wall came down. Uh, and that was at a time when the internet was available to do research, and one by one, all of these these beliefs that I had fell apart. So uh, I just withdrew at that point. I decided to, you know, just going to be a private citizen and uh, and not uh, not not take any more political stands. But mm. then nine eleven happened, and uh, you know, and at that point, you know, I became emotionally an American and what actually made me a fan of uh, the United States as it was initially constructed is I took a 10 part uh, online course on the American constitution. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. And to me, that is the most brilliant uh, political document I have ever read and, and, and heard about. It is, it is, it's yeah. phenomenal. So Jack, when you, 
when you see things like the um, uh, the truth uh, panel or disinformation panel yeah. from the DHS or right. the violence on the street that's called, um, you know, a protest or just vandals. Uh, and yet January 6th are terrorists and held with some of them without charge now for over a year. Um, we now have Twitter and and Facebook and Google monitoring things and editing things. Teachers unions now are demanding more censorship from uh, from Facebook. D- does this ring a bell to you at all? Yeah, well, I told you that, uh, you know, I was fundamentally brainwashed. And the bottom line is in a, in a, in a country, in a, in a society where you control the message, you will be in charge. And, uh, you know, our, our messages were totally controlled. Uh, Putin manages to control it, the messages in his country to not, not 100%. There's some leakage. Uh, and uh, the uh, at this point, there's the the uh, the left in cahoots with the media, in cahoots uh, with big tech, is working on on taking control and uh, c- control of the message universe. It's not that easy in our country. You know, you're still on the air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, and Elon Musk has just bought Twitter. It's not that easy. We we are a rebellious nation. Uh, we we are contrarians. We want to hear the other side, uh, but it, it's it's a slippery slope. And uh, if it doesn't get reversed, uh, goodbye, the country that was once America. How do you convince people, um, a new generation that are being indoctrinated? Uh, how do you convince them of freedom of speech that actually means you have to tolerate the other side? I, honestly, I, I don't have an answer. And this is where this is really <clears throat> what, what is the, uh, the most uh, the biggest danger, the, 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 the root cause of why uh, it is quite uh, reasonable to be pe- pessimistic here. We are already into the second generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of of, uh, of Americans that have been raised, uh, educated in in high school and college by leftists, and uh, you know this this is the it started you know with the uh, with the, uh, the anti Vietnam uh, war Vietnam movement, mm-hmm. uh, where there a whole a whole bunch of students uh, became uh, radicalized. Uh, with left-wing ideas and they became college professors and they raised and they taught the, the next generation of teachers. So, uh, it's, it's very difficult, uh, uh, to, to run up against, uh, uh, prejudices in young minds that, uh, you know, that were planted as they were young. Uh, I have, I have proof of that because when, when I went back to the, to East Germany, to Germany uh, after so many years, uh, and I had discussions with, uh, you know, contemporaries, uh, you know, s- folks that I went to school and college with. You think they uh, they have been able to shed all their communist ideology? No. no. What what is planted in you uh, as a young person is very difficult to to reverse. I had the I had the luxury of a slow 
uh, and painless decontamination. Uh, most of my friends and and, and uh, classmates in Germany uh, did not, and so uh, and that is the reason I'm worried about you know the future of this country because I don't I really don't know how you it, it w- would be you know all of us uh, free thinkers would have to like make an effort and work on the young people that. Uh, uh, we are, uh, you know, that we are in contact with, and they, we may, we might be influenced, be able to influence, but it, it takes a huge effort, and all of us need to participate in that. If you had, um, if your children, you have one child, right? Oh, altogether, I have five. You have uh, five. Okay. Good for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, if your children, <laughs> uh, if your children were school age. Would you have them in our schools today? Well, I have one of them. She's school age, and she has never been in a public school, uh. and she will not be in a public school. She she is currently enrolled in a Christian school where, interestingly enough, they teach how to think and how to argue yeah. and how to make and how to, you know, how to, you know, just like they, they, they do exactly uh, the opposite of what uh, – you know, Christian schools are being, but yeah. yes. And yeah. also what, you know, the, uh, the rest of society thinks that what, what's happening in Christian schools where they, they teach nothing but memorizing the Bible. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for talking to us. And, uh, I really appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed, uh, not only your book, but also your podcast. It's really quite riveting. Very, very good. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate, uh, you know, how you actually positioned uh, me at the beginning of the program. Oh. I'm very great, grateful for that. Thank you're, you. You're very kind, Jack. Jack Barsky, former Soviet spy. Um, he is also the storyline of The Agent, the podcast audio documentary and the author of Deep Undercover. He was a, a guy that uh, was one of the consultants on The Americans, if you've never seen that. Uh, it's, it's quite an amazing, uh, series, uh, as well. Jack Barsky, again, a good friend of the Glenn Beck program. So what are you paying, uh, for your cell phone every single month? Expensive. How much of that money is actually going to help Planned Parenthood? Do you know how much of it would you want it to go to help Planned Parenthood? Yeah. My guess is zero. And uh, that's why I'm not with Verizon. Uh, I don't want any of my money going to far left uh, activities. And, uh, you know, they have a right to do whatever they want with their money. But I put some of that money into it. So I don't want my money going there. I don't want my money supporting people that are trying to tear everything down that we believe in. That's why I have Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with the offer code Beck. Veterans and first responders save even more. So make the switch today. Support companies that love America, love you, and share your values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or call 972-PATRIOT. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
So I don't know if you saw what Elon Musk posted. He posted a screenshot of a translated message uh, from Moscow's space chief. Uh, and it said, from the testimony of the captured commander of the 36th Marine Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Colonel Dmitry Kormaninov, uh, it turns out, the Internet terminals of Elon Musk's Starlink satellite company were delivered to the militants of the Nazi Azov Battalion. According to our information, the delivery of the Starlink equipment was carried out by the Pentagon. Elon Musk, thus, is involved in supplying the fascist forces in Ukraine with military communication equipment. And for this, Elon, you will be held accountable. Like an adult, no matter how much you play the fool. First, Elon uh, tweeted, the word Nazi doesn't seem to mean what he thinks it means, which I love. Uh, and then he said, if I die under mysterious circumstances, it's been nice knowing you. This guy has made enemies of everybody. Absolutely everybody. Uh, you know, powerful. Can you imagine if somebody took him out? If I mean, would you know who it was? No, everybody seems to be. Uh, upset with him in one way or another. I mean, what he's done in Ukraine is amazing. I mean, forget about obviously the 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 the, uh, the thing here is for the Russians to point out that the military is using the internet here to communicate. But I mean, honestly, just for the average person who uh, you know, the internet would be toast in Ukraine if not for for Elon Musk. Just for the regular people to be able to access information, it would be gone. If not for Elon Musk, uh, who just decided uh, to act in a way that, uh, you know, it's remarkable before what a year ago would not have been possible. Yeah. Did you hear Did you ever see these satellites by the way, over your head, Glenn? Did you ever see the Starlink satellites go? No, by? I haven't. It looks like Santa Claus. There's like a long in the middle of the night. I looked up one night. And I was like, what the hell this is before I knew Elon Musk was even doing this? Yeah. What is that? And it's like a long string of satellites, like seemingly that go on forever. And they just come across the sky all like spaced evenly apart and just go across the sky. It's really weird to see. So up in the uh, up at my ranch, uh, I just put Starlink in. Oh, really? And we just tested it over the weekend to see how stable it is. Uh, and it's completely stable. And the um, the word from my uh, chief engineer was somehow or another, he has seemingly uh, solved or affected the light speed problem because he's cut delays back like a phenomenal amount mm. to where, you know, you and I, when I'm up the ranch, we have a hard time talking to each other on air because right. it's the satellites are so slow. Um, he says he's cut it in half. Mm. That's really great. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing device. And listen to this. This is from the director of electronic warfare at the office of the secretary of defense. Okay. This guy is in charge of our electronic warfare. He said uh, Starlink was able to fight off the attack faster than the U.S. military could have been able to. And that officials need to learn something from Musk. Starlink had slung a line of code and fixed it. Um 
uh, noting that the quick change rendered the attack not effective. How they did that was why uh, eye watering to me. There's really an interesting case to study and look at the agility that Starlink had in their ability to address this problem in the way that Starlink was able to upgrade when a threat showed up. We need to have that agility. Mm. That's the United States government. It's amazing. And I keep seeing these pieces written by people talking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter that, look, I mean, there's a lot of hubbub here, but what's he really going to do? Well, there's not going to be much of a change. Oh, I think there's what a huge change. business has Elon Musk touched that there wasn't a huge change in? Yeah. I mean, this is what he does. He When he takes over a business like this or starts one, he revolutionizes the industry. Yeah. And there, I don't think there's any reason to believe he's not going to attempt and very well succeed in trying to do the same at Twitter. If we have if we have time, we should talk about it because he laid out some of his plan on Twitter, what he's going to do. Uh, it starts with laying off or firing a thousand employees. Uh, and then he's going to go back and he's going to hire more engineering people that n- no word on if he's hiring more content regulators. Mm. Um, but uh uh, and then he's going to introduce something called uh, Twitter Blue. Well, t- yeah, well, Twitter Blue already exists, right? No, no, he wants to. Uh, yes, it does. I'm sorry. Right, but okay. he wants to build up the subscriptions to Twitter Blue. Yes. So he wants to right, okay. make sure that people are doing that because he said that's the way to protect the speech because we won't have any sponsors. Not to worry about uh, it. You don't have to worry about it. Or you have sponsors that don't mind what people say. I would absolutely pay a, a reasonable monthly fee to get a better experience on Twitter that isn't, you know, choreographed by a bunch of crazy leftists. Yep. I Me would too. love that. Me too. To actually see what's actually trending. Mm. Yeah, I would. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Back Program.